Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Great to have you with us at our our 4pm. I think people are getting used to it, are they? Our second (laughs) 4pm. They'll vote with their feet. That's cool. Oh, great to have you with us tonight. You'll be able to get home early. Although I have noticed it's just another hour for you guys to talk after the service. Have a coffee and chat and, hey, knock yourself out. That's awesome. That's what we are, family. Amen? That's what we do. Family, when family get together, you know, we, we chat and, uh, and time just goes. And that's, that's cool. You know, it's been great to see God doing you know, so much in people's lives. And this last season has been very special, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, just over the last few months, you know, where Annie brought the word and um, out of Ezekiel 37, uh, 47. And, um, you know, it just, it has just opened up um, to so many lives. And we're seeing God do so many things. Last week I spoke about uh, the destination. You know, that there's a journey for every one of us who believe in Christ and there's a destination. You remember I used the brochure? I used that brochure to, to give us a, a, a picture. When you look at a brochure, actually looking at the destination. You know, a travel brochure. You're, you're looking at the destination. You're looking where you could be heading. And, of course, desire and, and uh, all that rises up within you at what you can have. And uh, it's true that God has a destiny for every believer. I believe it. I believe it. I, I've seen it happen over and over again. I've seen it in my own life, you know, from, from way back the first time when I said yes. Um, and now 40-something years later, the journey has just got better and better and better. Had a couple of valleys along the way, but, you know, we just walked through them and uh, hit the next mountain. Amen? That's how we roll. That's how we roll. Um, God has a a destiny for us, and in Jeremiah 29:11, he says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you, not to harm you; plans to, uh, plans to give you a hope and a future. A hope and a future." I just love the sound of that word. Th- those words motivate me. You know, it's like it, it's the opposite of hopelessness and a dead end. You know, no, there's a hope and a future. There's a hope in the future. I hope you see that. You've got to see that tonight. You've got to see that. It's not hopeless. It's not over for you. There's a hope and a future. And God's a restorer. He loves to, to take broken things and, and uh, you know, uh, slightly use things and restore them. Restore them. Take them back to their original beauty and... Um, He's a rebuilder. He rebuilds. Ezekiel 37, the Lord takes, us, uh, takes Ezekiel to the valley of the dry bones. And he says in that uh, chapter, um, he says in verse, um, he says in that chapter, probably verse 3, I think, it says, Son of man, can these bones live? And he prompted a question. He prompted, you know, a a response. He prompted a desire, something to rise up within, you know, to say, can these bones live? Can these bones, can they come alive? 
And here again, if, if we read that actually in, in verse 4 um, to 7, verse 4 and 6, he says, And then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Don't you love that song? That's a cool song I've been singing lately. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And uh, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will breathe uh, my breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Here again we see God's intention. We see God's intention to bring restoration, to rebuild every life and life to the full. Life to the full. Do you see it? Do you see it? Can you see it in the brochure? Can you see the destination that God has for you? Life to the full, a hope and a future. Faith should be building within you right now. It, it, it doesn't matter where you place yourself in life. It doesn't matter. God has a better story for your life. And it's already been written. It's already been written. You just got to get on board with the journey, say yes, and, and then see what God does. But there's a process that God has. And that's what I want to talk about tonight because, you know, the process that God uses is non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. You can have that destination. You can have whatever the brochure, you know, stirs up in your heart. But, you know, there's a, there's a process in getting there. And it's non-negotiable. And I'm going to show you in Ezekiel 47 tonight the, 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 the process Three things that we see out of this passage of Scripture. Number one, you've got to position yourself. You've got to position yourself. In verse 1, he said, The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. He was brought back. He was taken back to the entrance, to the gateway, to the beginning of the revelation. That's where it all started. That's where the river began to flow. It was just a trickle. It was just a trickle that came from the altar. But he had to be taken back to the source, taken back to the original starting point. And that's the story for all of us. You know, the Bible talks about being born again. What is that? We're taken back to the original. Taken back to the, the original design and the plan and the purpose that God has for why you were created God to restore. If you're going to restore something properly, you've got to take it back to the bare foundations. See, you, you can't just bog up a few holes and, and, and give, it a coat of, <coughs> give it a coat of paint. That's not restoration. That's just a touch-up. That's just a touch-up. That's just Band-Aid religion. Now he wants to restore, fully restore. Mark 10, 25, Jesus made this statement. And, you know, it totally blew everyone away. Totally messed with the world's mindset. He said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. It just blew them away. Like, they just stopped cold at that. Verse 26, the disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? 
And I believe they totally misunderstood what Jesus was talking about. It wasn't about wealth. It wasn't about wealth. It was about where you put your trust. See, if, 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 if you're going to position yourself and go back to the original, go back to the foundation, it must be trust in God. Number one, it must be trust in God. Why did he pick on the rich guy? Well, you know, to be honest, if you're in a wealthy position, a pan, you know, pandemic's not going to throw you. It's not going to cause you to get to your knees. You know, recession, it's not going to affect me much. I've got plenty. Amen. I don't need to get to my knees and say, God, my trust is in you. My trust is in you. It's, it's, it's a false security. This world builds a false security. God goes back to the original and builds something the right way. Come to India with me. You know, I, we, we go to places where they don't have doctors. You need to trust God. Your kids get sick. You need to get on your knees and say, God, you know, we're desperate for you. We're desperate for you. Amen. If there's no food in that place, no one's bringing food. You've got to trust God for all your needs. And all Jesus was saying is that if you, if you go on the journey, you must position yourself and put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. What, what did we say the other week in Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. That's it. That's, that's the bare foundation. You, you rebuild your life with that, you'll be a success. Can't miss. Can't fail. Position yourself at the right foundation and then put your trust in God and anything else is just, anything else is just a patch-up job. It's a patch-up job. You're still really living what you think. You're still really living under your own understanding and making decisions out of that foundation. And say, no, no, no. No, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to position myself. And this will influence every decision you make from that day forward. Every decision you make is whether you trust God or you don't. Every decision. You either trust him or you don't. It comes from that foundation. But if you position yourself, then you move to step two, which is to obey his directions. It's all part of the process. When the process begins, you've got to obey his directions. In verse 2 of uh, Ezekiel 47 to to verse 7, he repeats this over and over again. It says, lead me. In verse 2, he brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside. Then in, in the next passage of Scripture, and then led me through the water. And again, he led me through the water that was knee deep. And again, he led me through the water that was up to my waist. You know, there's this continual leading of Ezekiel in the revelation that he had for him. Continually, he led me, he led me, he led me, he led me. And I want you to catch this. He led him to every stage of the process. And the thing that Ezekiel had to bring to the table was obedience. He was willing to be led. He was willing to be led. The, the, the angel who said, hey, Kate, you know, 
Come here, I'll show you this. Come here, I'll show you this. Come here, I'll show you this. There was no kickback from Ezekiel. Ezekiel never offered his opinion. He never said, listen, I, you know, I, think, I think it would be better if we, if we did it this way, if we went down that road, if we you know, went straight to the river instead of at the, you know, I think, you know, I've been thinking about it. No. No, he just obeyed. It's one of the most important lessons, if not the most important lesson you will ever learn in the kingdom of God. But to obey the Lord, you've got to walk in humility. You've got to walk in humility. Proverbs 22.4 says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. It's wages. Listen to this. It's wages, which means it's, it's outcome, right? It's outcome of riches and honour and life. Who knows? They're good things. I can have, I'll have a full share of that. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. He says, I hate pride. This is what God is saying. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behaviour and perverse speech. And you've got to be thinking, if you're going on this journey with God, if you're going on this journey, you say yes, and you position yourself, you know, for this journey, and then you start to obey the directions, you've got to think, if God hates that, I'm not doing it. I mean, if God hates it, I'm not going there. You can't pay me if God hates it. Colossians 3.12 tells us that, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself. Clothe yourself. Encompass yourself. Wrap yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. I think having a teachable spirit is one of the greatest gifts in life. It's an absolute requirement for you to grow in your life with Christ. Because this is how the journey, this is how the process goes along, right? We say yes because we've, we've seen the brochure. We know this is good. You know, we know the destination I'm living this now, but it's there, and that's where I want to be, right? So I know, I know where I'm heading, you know, and I position myself. But then along the journey, God will start to give some instructions, and, and we'll, the flesh in us will start to rise up and challenge it. Just, that, just that, that's the nature of the flesh. Nature of the flesh is don't tell me what to do. Nature of the flesh is who are you to tell me? Nature of the flesh said, no, nah, look, I, you know, I've got my own thoughts on this and I, you know. And then, we, and then we hit the mountain and then we go around it and then we go around it and then we go around it until we obey his directions. That's how it works. That's why people can sit in church for 20 years, never change. Never change. Look, people have been my life, right? People have been my life. I've watched them, I've, I've studied them, I've walked through pretty much all of life's challenges 
with them. From time to time, over 28 years of pastoring, you, you, you get to see pretty much all of it. And the one thing that I've noticed, the one thing is that the ones who win are the ones who are humble enough to obey his directions. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's difficult because I don't want to. But it's not hard if we actually do it. Because the fruit of it, the fruit of it, the benefit of it, the peace that comes is just worth every bit. I mean, we're not robots. I mean, we're not lemmings, you know, that are led over the, the cliff blindly. But we're smart enough to position ourselves. And we're smart enough to obey his directions and then, and then move into step three tonight. We commit to the process. Commit to the process. In verse 13, down in that passage of Scripture, it says, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. These are the boundaries of the land that will divide among the 12 tribes of Israel as their inheritance and two portions for Joseph. This, this was their future mapped out. God was bringing them from exile. He was bringing them from destruction. And he was placing them back into the place where they belonged, their home. They were coming home. And he said, now that you're home, we're going to rebuild. But we're going to rebuild right this time. We're going to rebuild right this time. And he said, divide up the land. Put in all of the boundaries. Put in all of the boundaries so that the people are safe. Brought back with a, a purpose, a hope and a future. They never had that in Babylon. They never had a hope and a future there. But God brought them back, rebuilt for this place. They set the boundaries in place. They took ownership and then built their future. They built their future. I mean, they were given the land. We know that. I mean, God, it was mapped out. It was drawn up. And okay, this is yours. This is yours. This, they, they were given that. That's fine. But they had to build it. They had to build their future. With no free lunch, with no gimme, they, they, had to, they had to go through the process to build their future. It's the same for us. You see, we were given salvation. That was a free gift of God. We couldn't earn it. We couldn't buy it. We couldn't, we're not worth it, you know. But because Jesus went to the cross, that Jesus that we've been singing about all night, Jesus went to the cross. He paid the price for you and I and every person in this room. And because he did that, salvation's free for you and me. Just say yes. Just say, I'm in. I want that. I want to know you, Jesus. Thank you. I want to take this opportunity that you've, you've given me for a brand new start. I want that. And you say that, and then, then you've got to build. Then you've got to commit to the process and build the life that he has destined for you to have. Who gets that opportunity? I mean, how many people on the planet, how many of them get that opportunity? And yet you do tonight. You're sitting here. You're getting that opportunity tonight. Every single one of us. 
It's about letting the Holy Spirit guide you, listening to the Holy Spirit, then obeying what He says. You know, you know. I mean, people can tell you to do stuff, but it's when you know, wait a minute, that's not right. I feel that. That's what you listen to. Sometimes it lines up with what mum and dad have been saying for 20 years, but you know, put that aside. It's the Holy Spirit going, no, listen, I've got, I've got better for you. If you commit to the process, if you commit to the process, we'll win together on this journey. Salvation's free, but now we've got to build a life and build a life to the full. And the best way to do that is to put the boundaries in place. To put the boundaries in place. And God's been doing this from the beginning of time. He's been doing this from the the very, very beginning. You know, in the garden, they could do whatever they wanted, but don't touch that tree. Yeah? Genesis 2, 16, 17. The, and, and the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, eat from it, you will certainly die. There's a boundary in place from day one of creation. And there's boundaries that God puts in place so we can live the best life. The best life, and they work. And they work, but we have to commit to the process and stay within the boundaries. And I know for some, that's, that's, that's grinding on the inside. There's a grinding. Whenever you mention something like that, whenever you mention boundaries or it's like, you know, I'm getting a bit warm here. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling trapped. I'm feeling claustrophobic here. You're putting boundaries on me. You're putting up fences. You know what that's called? It's called rebellion. Who's happy now? Who's happy you came to church? Look, you won't grow unless you know. Amen? That thing that destroys you every time, that thing that causes you to, to mess up and to trip up and to fail and to have heartache and pain, it's called rebellion. It's like the boundaries are set to keep us safe. They're there, they're there for our good. They're there that we would prosper, have a hope and a future. Amen. But when we step over the boundaries, we're on our own. And we're not that good. We're not that good. It's not about a whole bunch of do's and don'ts. It's, 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 it's about what keeps me safe when I commit to the process to get to the journey's end. You know, some people are outwardly rebellious. We see that with some children, don't we? Some kids are like just on the shopping centre floor. Right? Outward rebellion, absolute rebellion. Some kids don't say a word. It's just as rebellious. Amen? I think they're the harder ones, don't you? The stubborn ones. The stubborn ones. That's not God's plan for your life. Come on, he's got a hope in the future. He's got the best life you can probably have. You can build, you can build whatever you want. 
Just don't eat from the tree. You know, just don't let that rebel. We've all got that in us. I mean, seriously, uh, don't we? We've all got that in us. They say, put your seatbelt on. We get a $1,000 fine. Now, I'd like a show of hands. Who's been fined? Uh, no, don't do that. I know one person who was fined eight times. I'll leave that there. You know, like seatbelt, save your life. It's a no, you would think it's a no-brainer, right? Why, why wouldn't we want to save our own life? We do, but if I have to obey the rules to do it, amen? Come on, we can build something. We can do this. God is for you. He's not against you. He loves you. He has a journey, a plan in place. It's already there. You just got to say yes and commit to the process. Oh, Father. Holy Spirit, come and just touch our hearts. Inspire us afresh. Ignite growth in us like we have never seen. Ignite a spiritual maturity in us that would cause us to conquer every battle, be victorious in every situation, to be the head and not the tail, to be above and not beneath. Because that's your plan. That's your destination for us. And we won't fail. We won't fail. Listen, sitting in this room tonight, you know, there's probably some folks, we've been talking about Jesus all night, right? We sing praises about Jesus. We talk about Jesus Christ. And it's so important because that's the core of everything. You say, well, yeah, I want a better life. I want to start a journey. I want, you know, and I'm not talking about eternity here. I'm just talking about this life right now. This life right now to be the best life that you could possibly live. It starts at that foundation, which is Jesus Christ. I want that for you. I don't know your story. I I don't know where you've come from. But there's so much misinformation out there. There's so much. Some some people think, you know what, if if I just don't do some really big bad stuff, I'm good. Well, nowhere in the Bible does it say that if you just don't do the big bad stuff, you're good. Well, some people think, well, I give to charities and I, you know, I'm a generous person. I help that lady next door. I, I help her out, you know. It's funny because when I go to golf, I play with a lot of guys who are non-church. They're non-believers and they find out I'm a pastor. The first thing they do is tell me all the good stuff they do. First thing they do, they say, oh, yeah, well, I give to charities. And, I, and it's like, they don't get it. It's not about that. It's about knowing Him. It's about saying yes to Jesus Christ. That's the gospel message. If you listen to this morning's message, Anne's whole message, though she didn't actually say that was a gospel message. It was about a brand new start. It was about life to the full. It was about everything that God's created for you. You need to go to YouTube and listen to that message this morning. Amen? I want that for you. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity to say yes. I hope someone loves you enough to invite you tonight. 
I do. To give you this opportunity. You can say no, that's up to you. But if you say yes, the journey begins. It's a brand new start. I don't care your part. I don't care what you've done. That's irrelevant to God. Kimberly's already said that in communion tonight. It's irrelevant to God. It's about now, today. The opportunity, say yes. And start to build what God created you for. Best life, best life you'll ever live. So tonight I want to pray for you because that'll be the start of the journey. You have to sort of we'll acknowledge together that Jesus is the Saviour. We'll acknowledge together in prayer that, that you know, that we all need a Saviour and we're saying yes to Him tonight and, and beginning the journey. But I need to know who you are. Is that okay? I need to know where you are. I don't know everybody here tonight, but I need to know you. So to do that, I, I need you to put your hand up in a minute. I need you to say, yep, that's me. That's me. That I, yeah, I want that. I'm saying yes tonight to a brand new start, to a journey with God. Are you ready? Are you ready? Don't don't be put off with if there's you know if there's a if you're feeling unsettled right now. It's just the Holy Spirit saying now's your time. Now's your time. Say yes, and we begin. You ready? If that's you, I want you to put your hand up right now. Right now, let me see it. Come on. I know, I know. Yeah, I know it's a challenge. Anyone? Thank you, ma'am. Somebody else? Quickly. Please don't. We won't embarrass you, I promise. Don't ever be embarrassed with this. This is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. We stopped this whole meeting for you to give you this opportunity. That's how important you are in the eyes of God. Don't miss this. We don't have tomorrow. We don't have tomorrow. We're, no, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. You've got now to say yes. Don't miss this, please. Where are you? Last time. Give me, a, give me a wave. Just straight up, straight down, and I'll pray for you tonight. Come on, where are you? Thank you, bub. Somebody else, quickly? Don't miss this, please. This is so important. It's stirring, isn't it? I can feel it. Can you feel it? I can, it's stirring. Don't miss this, please. Where are you? Last time I'll ask. Straight up, straight down. Let me see it. And I'll pray for you. Thank you, sir. I tell you, God, God's got something on your life. I saw you four times. I saw you four times. I don't know you. I've never met you. But you were, you were a standout. It's obvious he's got a destiny for you. Good work. Good work. Somebody else. Last time. Well, what I'll do now, why don't, why don't we all stand? And I'll ask those those four people to, who raised their hand just to come with me here and, 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 and I'll, I'll pray with you. Come on, put your hands together. Where are you tonight? Come on, man, would you come? Would you come and I'll pray for you? That's beautiful. Thank you. Good decision. Come on. That's awesome. Come on, sir. There was one more. Where's that other? Was there four? Was there one more? I don't want to miss you. Where are you? If you didn't put your hand up and you still want, please come straight out now. Straight out now. This is the beginning. This is a brand new start. It changes tonight. It changes tonight. Are you there? All right, guys, what I'll get you to do, I'll get you to repeat a prayer after me. It'll be real simple. And then what we'll do with Pastor Steve is 
Thank you. Come on, yeah, no problem. Yeah, come on. I knew there was more. Well done, Bob. Good to see you, man. Amen. Amen. We'll say this this prayer together. Let me get up here with the folks. We'll say it all together. Yeah, we're family. Repeat this prayer together. And then after we do that, I'll get you to go with Pastor Steve for just five minutes. And he'll pray for you, get you a Bible, get you whatever you need. So we can help you on the journey. You say yes, but the journey starts and we're here for you. We're here for you. You don't leave and it's like, what now? No, no, we're going to help you with that. Are you ready? We'll say it all together. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus, that he is my Saviour. And I receive him into my heart right now. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Would you, would you go with Steve? Just, just follow that off that way. Have you got your purse and all that sort of? It'll be safe. Awesome. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.